Hello, everyone. Inside today's Locked On Canadians, we have your weekend update. We have games, we have signings, and then it is three up and three down. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 815 of Locked on Canadians. As always, thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day because we are part of the Locked on Podcast Network where you get your team every day. Thank you for subscribing wherever you get your daily podcast. And if you are watching on YouTube, thank you so much. I am one of your hosts. I am Scott Metlin. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, it was a... I don't want to say busy weekend, but it had plenty of news basically from Friday onwards in through the weekend uh, for the Montreal Canadiens and uh, all parties around their team at this point. I just really want to quickly say sorry to Scott and to the to the listeners because we were supposed to do a Friday mailbag, but I my computer completely died, like died, like dead, 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 died. Uh, so we are going to do the mailbag at this point, at some point this week. Uh, but for me, I think one of the things was that we, you know, every time we post an episode, that is when the Canadians decide that they're going to announce news. And to me, a goalie signing is pretty exciting news, even if it's an entry level goalie signing. And even if it is going to be a while before we know what we've got in, uh, in, in, in the prospect, but um, I'm very, very excited. Are we going with Gnome for his nickname? Is that is that? No, the no. Gnome is uh, Frederick Deco. Yes, over there. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what Dobish's nickname actually is. but Dobby? I, I feel like there's already another Dobby. Yeah, and I'd rather not give him a Harry Potter nickname for a number of different reasons here. Like, mm-hmm. we could call him Doughboy, but like, I feel like that seems like slightly offensive and i guess we're just gonna we're gonna lead with that uh is that the canadian Sorry. side Jakob, <laughs> is that the canadian side Jakob dobish to a two-year entry-level contract he that starts i believe next season uh and he will report to the laval rocket for the remainder of this season they have five or six games left uh, he's basically going the Jaden struble route right now in that taking a look here it once the ahl site loads the rocket have currently five games remaining in their season sitting in fifth place in the ahl north division right now he's a big help because kevin poulin's been injured for parts of this year and caden primo is i think it started 24 of the last 27 games for the rocket which is an insane amount of playing time he's played well but giving him some extra help is probably not the worst thing in the world I got to say, I'm excited to see what this kid does because he's big. He's a big, he's 21 years old. He turns 22 on May 27th, six foot four, 201 pounds, played two years uh, at Ohio State after coming out of the USHL uh, and the NAHL, which is very weird path because he played a lot of his early career in the Czech Republic. He's a Czech goaltender. And then he came over to play in the U.S. junior system all the way up into the NCAA he finished last year with a 21, 16 and three record nine, 18 save percentage and three shutouts. 
his team is the one that dismantled Sean Farrell's team in the NCAA Frozen Four. I'm excited to see what the Canadians have here because the goalie pipeline now is Allen signed next year, Montembeau is signed next year, Primo is signed next year, Verbatic is up for an entry level contract, and now they have Jakob Dobish as well. It's six goalies. That means two per level in a perfect world, but things are going to move around here. I'm very curious to see how things go. I think for me, something that keeps coming up now with the Farrell signing, the Struble signing, and now with Dobish signing is a lot of people don't necessarily have a lot of faith in the NCAA system. Also, the nature of the NCAA system means that usually when they sign the contract, they have to sign an additional different contract in order to be like to agree to go to Laval, right? Because they don't have to go through the AHL um, route or whatever it is. Like, so it's often it comes with question marks. And for me, in particular, when it comes to goalies, like you said, I'm excited about his size. Um, I think definitely we will reach out to our friend Dylan, the goalie coach, literally a goalie coach, uh, to talk to us about his athleticism, his tracking, his reaction. Um, I'm very, very excited to see that. I think his numbers have been good. And from the beginning, you know, we've had Patrick Bexell on like from early days in our show. Uh, and and we talked about this particular goaltender. And I know over the course of this past season, in particular, a lot of our listeners have actually asked us, you know, like, what are your thoughts on, on Jakob Dobish? Um, so I'm excited to have, you know, an expert come and tell us. But also, goalies take time. You know, you mentioned his age. He's pretty young. Some of them, you right away, they can be stellar. And then it's a flash in the pan. And then by the time they're like 23, 24, it's all gone. Uh, you know, Caden Primo came with a lot of pedigree and promise. But for whatever reason, in the NHL, his game is not adjusting. Like, right. And his game is like very, very. Uh, it's very good for all the levels that he's played thus far until the NHL level. Like he's not able to to make that next level. So to me, like how a goalie looks now is part of it. His potential is based on whether or not he's able to adapt and adjust. Um, and like I said, you know, sometimes there's a goalie, like, you know, from the beginning, he's going to be amazing. And then he is, and he has an amazing career over time. And sometimes it's just like a huge big question mark. So I think for Montreal, we are very excited about this in particular because we know that by the time the forwards and the defensemen are ready to be good, we need a solid goaltender in that net. So I think, you know, I don't I don't want to I made a joke about like, let's rest the you know entire hopes of the franchise on this one guy now. But <laughs> I think the Canadians need to figure out their goaltending sooner rather than later. So to me, this is a great sign that they're taking steps to see what they have in the pipeline. And I think they won't hesitate to trade uh, Jake Allen if, if, if there's going to be a good return for him. And I also think they won't hesitate to, to trade Caden Primo. I think they'd like to hold on to Samuel Montembeau at least for another year. Uh, but I think that if, if somebody comes calling for Caden Primo, like this signing makes me think that it's like, all right, they're ready to kind of, you know, close the door on that chapter. If Caden Primo doesn't show that he's the goaltender of the future very soon. I don't think Primo is going anywhere just because they signed him to a three-year deal. I think they want to see what he's got. And he, again, now that he's healthy and the Rocket are healthy and have a decent team in front of him, is that they're starting to hit their stride there. And on, in this year, he's got a 9.06 save percentage, 16-14-6 with two shutouts. The Rocket have been a team that struggled badly early on, and I think this is them trying to find out what do they have, like you said, in the system for goaltender? Samuel Montembeau seems to be coming along quite nicely. 
But at the same time, we don't know what this is probably what Samuel Montembeau is a very good, you know, tandem goalie right now. Can they find a starter? And I think they see some of that in Dobish with his size and athleticism at Ohio State. And with five games left, if the Rocket, you know, end up being eliminated or end up falling out of that playoff spot there, he's probably going to get those starts down the stretch. And we're going to say, okay, what do we have? He's going to compete for that next year. And so will Verbatic. It's, there's a lot going on uh, with this team right now that they're still in flux. They're still rebuilding as fun as the growth has been. There's still a team in rebuilding mode. And that means lots of prospects and a lot of, we're going to find out whether this works or not. And we were going to talk about the Carolina game. Not much to say. Samuel Montembeau deserves so much better. We'll talk a little bit about, you know, the tank and everything, but it is Monday. That means it is time for three up and three down where we talk about our risers and fallers of the week. And the down section is coming up next. But first for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop with eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be right back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. And let's ride. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. And as it is Monday, we always do our three up and our three down segment for our Monday show, where we talk about the risers and the fallers within the Canadians organization and before we get into the down spot here, Laura, I think the Connor Bedard ship has unfortunately sailed for the Montreal Canadiens. I am looking at Tankathon right now, and the bottom three teams in the league, Chicago, Gross, Columbus, and Anaheim, have lost eight, four, and seven games in a row. The Canadians have lost three games in a row. San Jose, sorry, JD, i so, so sorry, have won three in a row for some reason here. And Montreal now sits at 66 points, 12 points behind the number one overall spot in Chicago right now. I don't think they're going to get Bedard and they sit just one point ahead of Arizona who has 67 points, who has lost seven straight games here. I got to say it it stings a little bit, but I think the Bedard dream has sailed on this. They were never going to be bad enough to be Chicago or Columbus or Anaheim. But now we turn our attention to fifth and sixth overall where there's a lot more options. I don't know if this is really a down. I'm just kind of sad because unless they win the lottery, which would be awesome, uh, which I think they can only move up to second overall. They can't get the first overall pick at this point. I could be wrong unless if someone wants to correct me, please do. See, I thought they were able to. I, I'm I not a hundred percent able to move up because it, it it's a maximum of four spots. I thought it was three. I don't know. Someone in the comments, please tell me directly what it is because it says they have an eight and a half percent chance at first overall, which I mean, they can either move win the first overall. I think they can only move up so many spots. The rule on this change, and I cannot remember what it is off the top exactly. of my head, but at the same time, it's, it's kind of sad that I'm like, we went through so much. Oh, and David Savard is out for the rest of the season with a knee injury, because of course we just had to throw one more, 
season ending injury in there. It's, it's the pain that never ends this season. The Leafs have the passion that unites them all. And the Canadians have the medical staff that unites them all apparently <laughs> at this point. So uh, the medical staff that unites everybody in uh, lack of, of, of confidence in them. I think for me, here's the thing though, like early on when they were winning some games, I think we kind of knew that they're, it wouldn't last, right? Like there were points of the season where they were like 17th um, in the rankings and we knew it wasn't going to last and we knew it was going to go down to like 25th, 26th overall, which is where we think, you know, they were going to end. So I think Habs fans for the most part have been making peace with that. It still sucks. Like it still sucks that you're not going to get Connor Bedard and don't get me wrong. But I think something that people just like simply forget all the time whenever we're having these conversations is that you cannot convince hockey coaches and athletes to lose on purpose. You simply cannot. The only thing you can do is remove talent in order for them to have lack of talent. And the Canadians did that. Their medical staff tried really hard to do that. And it still didn't work. Do you know why? Because Chicago is more of a black hole. And I think, you know, the Columbus Blue Jackets, like they injury luck their way into last place or almost last place, kind of like how the Canadians did last year. Like they just had so many bad injuries and so many things going wrong. Everything was just kind of like a circus. So for me, I've generally been making peace with it. And I know like every once in a while, somebody in, in the comments or on, on Twitter or whatever, like has a rage about it. And I was like, this has kind of been the case since November. Like at this point, we're April. And like, we just have to make peace with it. And we just have to kind of, we have to hope and have faith that the, the scouting staff and Jeff Gorton and, and Kent Hughes make the right decision for this team at fifth overall or sixth overall or whatever it is. And that's the thing is I look at the records right here, the teams in front of them, you know, 15 overtime losses, 10 overtime losses. The Canadians have only lost in overtime six times. Like they have 30 wins, 41 regulation losses, which is fourth or yeah, fourth worst. But San Jose just lost a lot more outside of regulation. It's a weird, weird situation here in that the Canadians were never as bad as last year. And their record showed this year, they've been injured to hell and back playing with rookies. And yeah, the team isn't great. This was not a playoff team, mind you. But I don't think this is a team that, when things are clicking, is a bottom five team in the NHL. But this comes with the rebuild. There's a lot of moving pieces here. And I guess to move on to the final down segment here, just we'll talk a little bit about this Carolina game. No one showed up uh, for the last two games that the Canadians have played, except for the goaltenders trying the best they can. And I think that's that kind of sucks. Like Jake Allen and Samuel Montembeau have been trying their absolute best in that Samuel Montembeau made 47 saves against Carolina. The, the Canadians had 14. The was his, historic, right? It was 50 to 14. I it's think never been this bad in the it's in never franchise been history. That bad. Yeah, and like Carolina's a good team, and Florida's a good team. They played these teams hard in February and January and everything. I remember because it was a lot of one, two goal games. And yeah, it was only three, nothing. But that's because Samuel Montembeau was out of his mind. It's I am glad that we're seeing Monty get his flowers because he deserves them for how good he's been this year, all things considered. But guys, you know, we talk about having a little bit of pride. I don't know if it's just the team is running out of some of that, you know, Ted Lasso steam here a little bit, but 
guys, save your goalie for the love of God. Like, uh, let's see what the Canadians have left on the schedule. They have Boston and Toronto, Detroit, Washington, and the Islanders. And I'm highlighting that Capitals game for one reason. They beat you 9-2, where Jake Allen got left in there for all nine goals and on the mom's trip. Be better. I'm not saying you got to win. Just be better. You know, have some pride down the stretch for these final five games here. Season's almost over, and then everyone can go on vacation or to the hospital or wherever it is they need to go at this point. Have a little pride down the stretch. Uh, Laura, do you have anything left to add in the down segment before we move on? No, I really just wanted to shot to talk about that shot differential that was <laughs> alarming last night. Like, and the thing is, like, you're watching the game, right? And it's like, you know that they're playing a good team. You know they're the Montreal Canadiens. You're expecting this. And then when you look at the, the final total, it, it was just it was mind-numbing and so I would like better from the Canadians obviously next year <laughs> we've only got what five games left Six yes games left? five games left um I just I, I want a lot better from the Canadians this year I think we can like kind of close the door on tanking even next year because they're not going to be as bad as this uh and they're going to play a lot of youngsters and all of that I think I just I, I want this team to have a defensive identity and I want them to figure out their future of their goaltending and in this, we already talked, you know, we gave Monty his props and his flowers for this. We have more ups coming this week, and we're going to get into those in our final segment. But next, our next partner is a product that I use literally every morning because it helps give me the energy I need to start my day, and that is Athletic Greens. And with Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right and their blend of ingredients helps support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, and give you energy, focus, and help with recovery throughout the day. And it's lifestyle-friendly. So if you are vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, Athletic Greens is there for you. And it costs less than $3 a day, so much cheaper than that cup of coffee first thing in the morning. So, folks, it is now time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. You don't need a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. It is Monday. That means it is three up and three down. We already kind of went over our down segment there. Where we talked about the team's historically bad shot differential, leaving Samuel Montembeau out to dry. We gave Samuel Montembeau his props in the last segment. In the up segment here, though, it's really hard uh, in the past week, two weeks at this point, to bet against Raphael Harvey-Pinard in anything. A couple of big goals, more goals in Buffalo, Kid just scores goals all the damn time. Just keeps scoring goals. He was up to seventh in the rookie goal scoring race before he missed the game against the Hurricanes with an injury. What do you even say? Kid came in and everyone thought, okay, nice to see him get his chance here. We'll see what he does. He scored a goal uh, in the COVID year's first NHL goal. And this year he's just been on fire. It's hard to not give him his props. He's been just so good for the Canadians since he was called up. And it's all well-deserved, too. Like, all the props that he's getting. Uh, I saw recently he signed with uh, a new agency. Kent Hughes' former agency. Uh, kid's going to get paid, which is fine with me. I think he's 
proven himself to be very sustainable and durable, um, which is a concern that I have because every time people talk about, you know, Brendan Gallagher and the Canadian medical staff, who we, I think we all agree we don't have any faith in, um, he's doing the same things, but not in as risky a way, in my estimation. Uh, I think he's always ready to jump in on the play. I think he's become very, very uh, adept at using his own skills, like understanding his own value, which I think is so important. Sometimes there are hockey players that have so many skills, but their brain is not able to translate them, right? So they either try too hard and do things that they're not capable of, or they don't try hard enough and they, they aren't able to succeed. And I feel like Raphael harvey Bernard has that perfect amount of self-awareness, which I think it's not as common as we think. Like, a, like I'm, I'm thinking of, you know, people with skills that aren't able to 100% control their own game, not control their own game, understand how to control themselves or understand their own strengths and weaknesses. Like, I think that, for example, Mike Hoffman is a great example of that, where there are skills there, but th their own command and their own self-awareness might get in the way of their play a lot. Uh, I think even, you know, we love Josh Anderson, but Josh Anderson, too, has a little bit of a lack of that. So I think with Raphael harvey Pinard, like, we do compare him a lot to Brendan Gallagher, which I understand why. I understand exactly why people think that. But I think he's carving out his own path, and I think his ability to hone his own skills to the best of his own ability with that self-awareness is, is the key here is the key to his success this season. And speaking of these young guys playing for the rocket and moving up, I, I can't ignore either of these two anymore because they are keeping the rocket in the thick of the hunt for the final playoff spot there. Emil Heinemann and Pierre Dubay, two very different, players and Pierre Dubay was signed to an AHL contract started the season in the ECHL with the Lions and Emil Heineman was obviously part of that Tyler Toffoli trade and people have been waiting and waiting and waiting for him to make his appearance in North America in six games Emil Heineman has six goals he probably should have seven they counted one last night as a deflection he's doing everything you can ask of a guy who is known as an offensive weapon his shot is absolutely ridiculously hard. As Patrick Bexell put it on the show, he doesn't shoot around people. He shoots through people. Rocket came away with a 6-4 win in Milwaukee last night. They're on a four-game winning streak. Five games left, and the biggest game of the season is on Friday against the Cleveland Monsters. If they can win that game, they're pretty well set up to grab that last playoff spot in the AHL North, which considering how they started this year, would be nothing short of amazing. And Pierre Dubay is someone that when I was at the prospect tournament in Buffalo here at the start of the year, he was a guy who was all around the place and he's not overly big. He's, you know, he's five foot nine, 22 years old, played a couple of years in uh, the ECHL. Now he played with the lions last year for 10 games and played in the QMJHOs uh, with Quebec and Shawinigan. And he's come in and he's setting new career highs. 39 games, he has 30 points for the Rocket this year. 13 goals, 17 assists, plus 11 on the year. I, I don't know who found this, what part of the scouting staff found this guy, but give them a raise because he's just clicked with the Rocket. He's playing that middle six role, and all he does is score big goals and get big assists. A lot... It, I, 
he's just one of those role players that fits there. And at 22 years old, he's still got a little bit of growing to do. I'm not saying he's going to be an NHL player, but out of nowhere, without Harvey Pinard, without Yelona, without Belzeal, without these other guys there, someone stepped up and it was it was Pierre Dubé so far this season. Uh, him and Heineman definitely make my up list right now. It's really hard to not be really happy to see that kind of success for these players right now. I agree. Um, I have another up, which I think is probably yours as well. Uh, Sean Farrell first goal. I Yes, I had completely... <laughs> Because in that game, I missed the Flyers game because I was covering a Rocket game at the time, I believe. No, I did get it. It was just a really weird, wonky goal. Sean Farrell gets his first goal. Of course, it was ugly as all sin, but he'll tell his kids in the future that he definitely went top corner because <laughs> why not? I'm He's one of those guys that I know it's the end of the season. The Canadians are playing tough teams, and it's not like he's just shooting the lights out. He's not doing the Harvey Pinard thing. But I'm noticing him more than I'm not which is probably what you want to see out of a young Ford making his debut there and defaulting to the scouting staff, scouting people and the prospect people who've watched a lot more of him than I have. They're seeing a lot of his good habits coming out again. And that's honestly, you know, the best that you can hope for if you're the Canadians, because next year he's going to, he's going to make this team next year. I'm going to be shocked if he doesn't, because he won't be in the AHL for long, if that's the case, because they clearly Canadians clearly saw something they liked. I I can't wait to see what's next for Sean Farrell in this in in a Canadian's uniform. Honestly, I I absolutely agree. Like he's somebody that um, I became hype about because of you. <laughs> uh, so I'm excited to see it. I think everybody else is. I think what's going to happen next year is going to be so interesting because it feels like they have way too many forwards, um, and they have to figure out how they're going to fit together and who is expendable on the team. Yeah, and that's. I mean, I, I'm looking at their AHL contracts right now. I'm looking at guys who they might bring back. It's good. It's a good problem to have is that you're giving yourself options for this. Uh, with the games coming up this week, and I know I just, uh, I want to say I forgot who the Habs are playing next. They're playing the Red Wings on Tuesday, the Capitals on Thursday, the Leafs on Saturday, then the Islanders, and then the Bruins. There's plenty of opportunities for goals in here. Toronto's still playing for home ice advantage. The Capitals, I guess, are technically trying to play for a playoff spot. The Red Wings, I'm not really sure. The Islanders are playing for their playoff lives, and the Bruins aren't playing for anything. Plenty of opportunities there for some big goals for some players there, and I think Sean Fair will be a big part of that. Laura, did you have anything to add before we wrap the show today? Uh, no, absolutely not. I do apologize once again for not being there on Friday, so your mailbag is coming, uh, So don't. so stay tuned for that. So we will have the mailbag at some point this week. That might be tomorrow's recording before the game on Tuesday, since we don't have a Monday night game. We will of course let you know on that situation. And until next time, folks, please follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadian subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube, follow my co-host at the active stick and follow myself at Scott Matla. And folks, we will see you all next time.